0: This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle,
1: Australia. 18 past 12, Pet Chat, and we've got Danny Bolz and a special guest.
2: Yes, we do, Dave. Keith Hoffman from Canada Holistic Pets joining us. G'day, Keith. How are you?
0: I'm well, Danny. How are you going?
2: Good, good. Thank you. Look, uh, we want to talk to you about pet nutrition, and that's an important factor when we have dogs and cats, especially now that they seem to be living a lot longer as well. Uh, the issue I guess is like coming out of summer right now uh, We've had lots of dogs with allergies, um, itchiness, itchy skin Also dogs who've got hot spots I guess now in the winter time you might not see as much of that problem But how can pet nutrition help stop these kind of uh, skin issues? Well
0: well, Danny, proper nutrition is always very important as, And um, as we know what goes in comes out they're yeah. um, so ineffective. So, by removing some grain fillers and fractions from the diet, uh, the nutrients and goodness available for the dog or cat becomes more accessible in the digestion, yes. therefore showing better results through the skin and coat.
2: Okay. You mentioned uh, grain fillers. Uh, is that an issue we need to look at the ingredients in the dog food we're feeding, whether the first ingredient is meat or the first ingredient is a cereal?
0: Yeah, that's correct, Danny. Um, it's pretty important to see where that meat source is coming from and how it's labelled in the ingredients on that food. Um, you would ideally like to see that meat uh, base uh, right up the front in the first, um, in the first category yeah. in your ingredients listed. And, um, you know, rice is a grain as well, but it provides a high carbohydrate in, as well. So, you know, you might want to see the rice a little bit further down the track Um, In that ingredients
2: list So with um, The grain you mentioned as being a filler um, Is there any protein In grain or really we should be feeding Meat protein for for Our dogs Well,
0: Meat is a a high protein source So your grain Fillers, like for example wheat and corn um, uh, Sorghum They use all that sort of Thing just to fill it up and bulk up That food so they don't get a an empty feeling when they're eating. Um, with Canada, they pride themselves on taking most of that out um, in, a, in some products of theirs. Um, with provides the uh, the best diet in that grain free area to yeah. to have a healthy body. You know?
2: Super super premium foods in general try to have um, meat as the first ingredient, but because of that, they are costing. A lot more why would it be still a good idea to, to, to spend that extra money and feed the super premium diet?
0: Um, the super premium foods initially they do cost more of the register okay there's no getting around that um, however the feeding guidelines that are shown on the bags um, actually provide you know you would feed the dog or cat a less quantity per day um, rather than your supermarket foods um, and due the amount, it's the, the nutrition and the goodness that they digest is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, There's was less wastage through the digestion, um, therefore less to attend in the backyard, as we know.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, the dollar value per bag has um, greatly increased, lasting you year longer, um, and there'll be comfort in knowing that you're doing the best for your pet.
2: Okay. And in regards to... Uh, dogs who've got itchy skin issues, hot spots, what kind of uh, dog food would be ideal in that purpose?
0: Uh, Canada put out a product, it's a grain-free salmon and potato-based meal um, with no grains or anything, uh, to purely combat that sensitive skin area and help with the digestive. Um, Even doctors put humans on that type of diet when they have these skin problems. So it's not a new concept to, um, to the human industry, if you like to call it that, um, but a lot more people are getting more aware that uh, dogs and cats can have these issues with skin problems yeah. and we are resorting back to that uh, basic diet, um, high omega-3 and omega-6.
2: Yes, with really? the fish diets. Well, Keith, okay, thank, thank you very much for the time. Our line's not very good here, so we'll have to end it there. And, um, yes, so thank you for your time.
1: Thanks very much, Danny. Pleasure to talk to you. Bye. And it's our uh, pet chat this afternoon, two and you 49216216. one oh three point seven four nine two one six two one six if you'd like to give us a call, we'd love to hear from you. There's a free line waiting there right now. Very interesting. What he had to say about the nutrition and the diet there, Denny?
2: Well we didn't the line wasn't too good. I wanted to touch on topics such as the the different formulations for mature dogs, puppy dogs as well, which is important. And there's increased um, Uh, reasons why we need to like for the mature dogs the food for mature dogs has high glucosamine in it chondroitin which helps with the with the arthritis in older dogs and their joints but also they're usually a lighter formula so that they don't put on weight as easily because older dogs don't do as much exercise and then with your puppy formulations where you'll have extra calcium for bone growth so it is important and that is available in your super premium diets the different varieties through the different life stages
3: you agree with that bob yeah it's the same with us we have to be very careful about what we eat when we're young we're putting on lots of um you know muscle and bone and and you need all of those sort of um inputs into the nutrition to make sure that it's doing okay as we get older maintenance we're not actually you know um doing as much exercise in the middle of life and then certainly towards the end of life we uh don't tend to be running around quite as much. We need to use our brain more, apparently, as we get older and wiser. Mm. And so um, we need more things, especially for just the bowel health as well, Mm. so to make sure that we don't clog up. And um, the fish oil, known to do amazing things um, for the brain and um, even asthma in people, and certainly, as um, Keith mentioned, the the skin. So it's really important to maintain a diet that we know doesn't, irritate our pet so a lot of itches are based on thresholds so there might be lots of fleas there might be a grass allergy there might be a slight food allergy and mozzies and and those sorts of things and just with this hot weather sweating and stuff too Mm. so we have to try and keep things in as low an allergenic state as we can so you wash the, the pet's feet when they get back you make sure it's on a diet that that doesn't irritate it Um, shepherds especially a bit susceptible to some canned food and that really can break out their skin. Labradors, cattle dogs with very thick coats, often susceptible to hot spot. What role does nutrition play in that? Yeah, quite a significant role really. Mm. Mm. Now Bob, uh,
1: we love our animals and and when they start to get older we've got to be a bit more mindful of the quality of their their life and as they do get aged what it's like for them.
3: It is very tricky to assess and, and as a vet we often get faced with this situation. People come in to talk to us and Some of the questions we ask are, are they eating and drinking well? Are they going to the toilet okay? Are they having trouble or struggling to pass urine or motion? So um, just movement as well. Are they as able to move around as as they used to be, especially with stairs or a a yard on a hill? They just can't quite get up to the water bowl that they used to be able to, so it's important for us to realise that. Put a couple of water bowls out. Also just the interaction with us. Do they greet us at the door like they used to? So it's things like that that we need to be able to um, to look at and observe and always pick up on on various ways that they're interacting. Do they appear disorientated? So like Alzheimer's in people, um, especially after uh, older people have an anaesthetic. Same with your dog. It's that it yeah mm. just what's that lovely word from um, um, euthanise. No, not that word. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Discombobularate.
2: Oh. I love that word from Sherlock Holmes. How are we supposed to get that know, word? Yeah. What's that word? Yeah. I'm just writing it here. <laughs> kind of gee, can, can you spell know. it for I us, please? I don't think I can.
3: Oh, gee. I think I need my word on you, but, possibly. But, but that's what happens when you go over 50, you know, in the people world and, and over 8 or 10 in the dog or cat world, that, yeah. The brain doesn't work as well as it used oh, to to remember words. Disco bombula. I thought that's when you go out dressed up for a night on the
1: town. Then you? you go for the disco disco bombula. Like
2: yeah, on. I'll have to I'll have to really learn how to say that word properly, Dave. Let's so that say I can a word. mention it.
1: Let's <laughs> say a word, and the word is hello to Anne from Summerland Point. Hello, Anne.
4: Hello. How are you?
1: Good. Tell us what you've got here. Across poodle Shih Tzu. Yes, we we um
2: got
4: this little dog from the from the pound about six weeks ago. And he's the most he's a beautiful little dog very intelligent and and very smart and he's been taught lots of things but he's um he, I th- he's i think they've they i rang them back after a couple of weeks with him because he was uh he he was he wouldn't go outside to wee he would always had to be in the in the garage and so I rang them and I said, you know, like, what's the problem with this dog? And they said he's been paper trained. Mm. So I says, what's that? (laughs) And they tell me that, you know, he's three years old and so he's he's used to piddling on the paper. And I'm just getting a bit fed up with it. I can't, every day I've got to go out there and clean it up and... Yeah, we take him walking. I, my husband and I are quite elderly, and we and I've had a big back operation, so I can't walk far. But we do try to take him out as often as we can to encourage him to go on posts and trees like a normal dog. <laughs> but he uh, he just insists on going in the garage.
3: Sometimes, just... sometimes, and especially if they've been in the in the um, shelter for a while. They actually, yes. They actually get used to just going on the concrete near them? Yes. Um, no,
4: he was only in overnight.
3: Oh, excellent. Good. Because
4: I saw him on the computer. I was watching what the dogs they yep. had, had coming in, and I just loved him. He was exactly what I wanted, and he's the most beautiful little dog. He's very smart, and, you know, I, it's just breaking my heart to 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 have to, you know, try to sort this out because I'm going to have to get rid of him. I can't have him doing that all the time it
3: smells yeah no it's very the the important things are going right back to basics so um it's a new dog so treat him like a new puppy you take him out for a short walk as you said your um elderly sore back so just up a couple of houses and back in put him on the lead and help him to go out if you can do that three to four times a day that'd be great also if you can take him out after you feed him or after he has a drink then he's more likely to go then and especially last thing at night um, if it is a bit of an issue, you can get those um, puppy mats. I'm not a huge fan myself because I wouldn't like to to, to do that and it's just messy to clean up, um, but very important to getting used to your routines, a um, little bit of extra play, and again, when they play, when you think about it, the bowel's bouncing around, and so it's important for, for him to, to go out and do that at that time. It is also just laziness, so um, it's important to get him back into a good routine that suits you as well, and that's why it's important for them to, to, to get to know us and observe what we like. Great advice from Dr Bob. Thank you, Anne. Hope that helped you out. Let's
1: go to Elemore Vale now. Susan's waiting for us. Hello, Susan. You've got a feline. I have a feline. What sort, what sort of cat and how old?
4: Well, I'm not sure how old she is. She was dumped on me six years ago and she was almost dead then and we brought her back to life. And she's had, when I got her, she was pregnant. So I've kept one of the kittens, so I know she's at least six. Yep. Um, she eats well, but she's wasting away from behind.
3: So her back's getting really... Just... Really
4: thin from behind, yeah. Okay.
3: Cats are very susceptible to kidney problems, so I would certainly be taking you down to your regular vet to get a good checkover to make sure there's nothing strange that's happening in that department. The other thing is um, worming out quite often. If she's a bit of a hunter, they pick up on um, lizards and things. So it may be that she's, uh, um, yeah, getting out and getting some tapeworm from the little geckos and things that they catch. And really important to... Um, uh, the the kitten that you've kept is okay. It's happy and looking yeah,
4: fine. Yeah, she's fine. Yep. Okay. Yep.
3: And if she was, um, if she was very very pregnant when you got her, what they're doing is putting all of their nutrition from their body. They're actually sucking out the the calcium from the bones to put into the kittens. And so she, as you said, if she was really weak when you first got her, then she would have been, um, yeah, just in a very um, weak state. And that then predisposes them to other problems later on, especially with the hot weather we've had. It's just been really knocking a lot of animals around as us, uh, I guess, too. Just the, the crazy weather again. What is it, 28 or 29 today or something? Yeah. Um, so that sort of thing really affects the kidneys in cats because they don't tend to drink a lot. So that would be my first suggestion to take it down for a general checkup. If you can, I like giving this tricky request to people, if you can take a urine sample down, they'd really <laughs> like that. <laughs> Great,
2: <yep. laughs> How do you do that with a cat, Dr. Bob? <laughs> um, very subtly, Danny. Um, <laughs> with, with
3: a saucer underneath or um, confining them to the bathroom yeah. where there's a litter tray and don't put a lot of litter in there. Yeah. So it's only a very small amount that you can pour, in, pour into a container to take down to your regular vet. Okay. Thank you, Susan. Hopefully
1: that helps you.
4: Thank you.
1: Dr. Bob is with us, Dr. Bob Stabler. And would you please say hello now to Cheryl, who's also got a cat, and Cheryl's at Cessnock. Hello.
5: Hello. How are you?
3: Good. How can we help you, Cheryl?
5: Um, look, I've got a cat. Um, she's an Australian Tiffany. I'm about five years old. Um, and she's an indoor cat, um, so she she never goes out outside. Um, but just lately she's... Um, developed a twitch in her tail and it's an involuntary thing and it's um, she's also of like a bit of a twitch on her back as well. She's always like twitching her fur and that. Um, I know she doesn't have fleas um, but I did treat her for fleas anyway. Good. Um, so it is that problem and she also, because she's um, got a lot of fur um, she also has a lot of fur balls Um, Now, uh, what I did was I bought some of that um, very expensive cat food that's supposed to help with fur balls, but it doesn't seem to make much difference with them.
3: It does over time, so certainly persist with that. The fur ball diet helps to actually, when you think about it, when they're licking and getting all of that fur into their... Um, esophagus, the tube between the mouth and the stomach then it gets into the stomach and it rolls into as you know, lovely um, cigar sort of shaped things that come back up on your pillow at night
0: mm, Very big ones
3: So the big problem with that is that they can get stuck if they don't come up through the mouth Then they keep on going down through the bowel, they can actually mm. cause a foreign body obstruction so very important that that works its way through safely without causing constipation or other issues So, certainly keep that up. If that's not working totally as well as you'd like, then add just a little bit of margarine, fish oil, something like that to the diet that just helps to add that little bit of lubrication for those things to go through. The back, the back and the Uh, tail, the back and the tail twitch could be related to fleas. So, make sure you keep up the regular prevention for that. Again, because we've got the warmer weather, lots more fleas around than you'd expect at this time of year. And the other thing is um, watch out for roaming animals. So when I start to get lots of um, cat uh, telephone calls asking me about behaviour, I know that the tomcats are out and about roaming and, and and territorially marking their territory and fighting and things. And that upsets the ones that are inside the house. They can still smell the other ones roaming around. It is a change of season as well. So certainly around the uni at the moment is um, fox. Um, all the um, juvenile migration, all the young ones running around and, and setting up new territory, that upsets the ones that are inside and they then, as you said, that involuntary twitch, so it's just like being annoyed, it's just a little bit of an irritation sort of a thing. So a yeah. bit more play, a bit more grooming, helping her to feel a bit better, certainly grooming, just brushing and um, getting some of that spare um, hair. Well, As they...
5: that's not, that's not going to happen. <laughs> she, doesn't like,
3: uh... she doesn't
5: like being touched or picked up or anything. She's quite paranoid, <laughs> actually. She okay. hides most of the day.
3: So if that's a bit of an issue, then you may have to think about actually an anaesthetic and clipping her right back because clipping her right back means that she's not irritated by knots in the fur, she's not grooming at herself too much. She will be a bit embarrassed for a few days when she comes home, but, um, yeah, just that would be a good idea, just so that there's not as much fur around that can cause problems with the bowel as well as skin irritation. But, yeah, certainly watch out for other things outside and, and distract her to play inside. Thank you, Cheryl. Good luck there at Cessnock. Now we go to Wall's End. Robert's waiting. Oh, we
1: love the foxies. Tell us about your foxy, Robert.
6: Oh, hello, Dave, and greetings to the team. Well, um, we've got a bit of a problem with him and because I, I heard Danny talk. He has allergies. We obviously have to keep him away from the wandering Jew, but we have the native as well as the the other, the non-native wandering Jew, But I'm just wondering, he's already had to have a course of um, cortisone, and we can't keep going down this road because this will only be his third Easter with us. And uh, his diet, uh, at least a management tool we should consider, and also should we have him D6?
3: Yes, Please. on all those counts.
6: <laughs> <D-6>. <laughs> would, that, would, would that help with uh, the allergy we're having? D six, although my wife's not keen on the idea.
3: Um, D sexing is good from the point of view that we live in suburbia. There's lots of other animals that he mm-hmm. can smell when he's entire. He is more likely to pick up up on those reproductive hormones flowing around. They can smell up to 10 kilometres away. Oh, okay. So any females in season, he gets randy, he does silly things. The more more he gets randy and silly, the more itchy he gets because it increases blood flow and so therefore makes the whole thing a bit worse. Worse. It will not specifically stop it. No, no. It's but a it tool, will it's help a tool, though isn 't it that 's right same with the food Plus the diet. Um, reducing the um, strange and unusual things that might be coming through, especially in the diet food of the cheaper brands, so going for the more expensive ones means that um, yes, they are a bit more expensive, but they 're specifically designed for animals with sensitive skin, so they 're more likely to react to particular things, like people with dairy allergies. Not that that makes their skin much worse, but it 's just again another contributor flea control as we've talked about bump it up to every two weeks using something that kills the adults as well as the larval stage and that helps to control the fleas adding a bit of extra fish oil in the diet which with the premium foods you're going to have those extra oils in there the problem with cortisone treatment is we don't like to do it but it um, can cause diabetes and all sorts of other nasty things to the body in long-term high doses so um if you can, you try and prevent that. Just on local walks, make sure you walk more on the paths rather than on the grass. If, when he does come back, then rinse off the feet so that there's not as many allergens that he's then licking off his feet, getting it around his mouth and then
2: scratching mouth and and feed as well. Robert, just on the, on the food...
6: Places like, um, you know, we go, we go to historical houses and places like that, so we are still got the same issue. We'd
3: have to make sure it was clean after them. Exactly, dust right. and cockroaches, exactly, yes. Just sorry, on, to walk, sorry to talk over the top of you. Yeah, <laughs> all
2: right, Robert. Just on the food, easy way to look at the super premium mix. The one you would need to be looking at is anything that says sensitive skin. Right. And usually they are made with a fish... Uh, base or so fish meat, so it's either salmon or tuna, and there's um, no other meat proteins in there.
6: I'm happy to go over to your shop if you got it over there, because I mean I know it's a special <laughs> trip, but if it's there, it's worth doing. Uh,
2: we can talk no, about that off air, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
3: and being a, being a foxy as well, Robert, it's important to give them just so much mental and physical challenge. Yeah, They're just well. so excitable, and yes, they need to name up to 40 mm. different toys. Tell him to go and get the green elephant. No, not the blue giraffe. I want the green elephant. That keeps his brain busy, and that means he's less likely to want to itch.
1: Rightio, Robert. Good luck with that. And, of course, uh, Denny, you can give him that $20 a little later on. There. <laughs> it's Pet Chat, 49216216, if you'd like to get through and talk to Dr Bob or Denny Boz. And we've got Deanne joining us now from Maryville. Hello, Deanne. G'day. How are you? Good. How can we help you today?
7: Um, I have a little Jack Russell cross fox terrier who is starting to show
3: a bit of a temper. In what situations?
7: Um, we also have a silky terrier, purebred, um, on the bed, mainly at the night time. Mm. Yep. Um, she'll hunt up the other dog and attack and for no el- reason.
3: The other dog's a female as well? Yes. Yeah, Two girls, unfortunately, can have some issues, like office politics. They will right. actually have a little bit of, um, yeah, territory sort of marking and that sort of thing. So one will protect the bed, one will be more um, possessive of the food, one will control toys, one will control access to owners. So very important to actually, in those sort of areas, to make sure they have distinct areas where they feel comfortable. So instead of being on the bed at night, it would better, be better if possible that they have to be on a pet bed next to the bed?
7: Oh, look, we've tried that. It doesn't work, trust me. We have screaming and it's just like a tantrum.
3: And that's from you or the, from the, the dog? Oh, yeah. no,
7: <laughs> us by the time we
3: finish. Oh, OK. Not a good way, to, not conducive to good sleep habits. So. No,
7: it's not. We've tried sending them to Siberia on a number of occasions.
3: <laughs> yeah, and they couldn't uh, get the freight right?
7: No, it just doesn't work. Uh, the little Silky will
3: actually cry and whinge and carry on because it needs to be with you. Silky, very sensitive, very attached to people. So it may be that you have to actually have them on lead next to the bed or, or attached to one corner of the bed each. Yep. So that they actually can't get up on the bed. So a relatively short lead doesn't sound very nice. But as you said, if you try and lock them in the bathroom or the laundry, you're not going to get any sleep and nor are the neighbours. So no, so very important, um, just through the daytime as well, is to make sure that they have special areas. So um, watching telly, you are, um, one is sitting down. The Jack Russell sitting down um, on the floor next to the lounge on the left, and the and the Silky on the lounge on the mat on the floor, sorry, next to the lounge on the right.
7: Yeah, so, well, they do have their own um, spaces as far as it comes to watching TV.
3: Good, and also when you're walking, so walk them sometimes together. Yep. Sometimes separately so yep. that they're actually learning, they can be together and it's okay, they can be separate and it's okay. The other thing with food, make sure you feed them totally separately. Again, to reduce the um, priority of that is to split it into two or three feeds a day, put it down for 10 minutes um, in different rooms of the house and a door between them. You um, eat now and if you don't eat in that 10 minutes, you pick it back up and you put it down again later. So it means that um, they're not having to fight for valuable resources.
7: Well, usually it's only of a night time on the bed. Uh, food okay. isn't an issue.
3: Yep. Um, at the moment, so... Well,
7: at the moment, no, it's, it's not an issue.
3: Um, but, it, but it will be in the future, so that's why it's important to set these boundaries and standards in all other places. Yeah. So when you get to the bedroom at night, you've already set that standard. So it's the same as boundaries for children. Um, you help them to listen to you so that when you're in the car park and the kids are getting out of the car you know they will stay next to the car and not suddenly race across the car park. Yes. So it's like anything, you set up a foundation for learning, you're teaching them words that help them to learn to do sentences, so in a dog, short walks, um, together or separate, a short lead, long lead, and help them to know that when you ask them to come and do something, um, they should do that. Why? Because we're going to pay them. Mm -hmm. So you give them a treat, you give them a wage. If they don't take the treats from you, That really is a very good indicator of their character. So they are really blowing raspberries at you when they're not taking the treats. All right. Does the silky take treats from you? Yes. Oh, good. Okay. Because sometimes she can be. The silkies can be a little bit. Yeah. I think it's more anxiety, but sometimes just their sensitivity makes them a little bit more difficult. Well, we
7: treat her. uh, She was late being toilet trained,
3: Uh, so um,
7: we treat her with a, a little treat each time she goes out to the toilet.
3: Good, and that's a good another indicator of that. With two girls together, um, the other girl was actually controlling where she would go. Yeah. And so, with two girls, you're going to have issues, um, but you've just got to set reasonable boundaries and hope that they're going to be able to sort it out. Certainly, you don't want them to get to the point where they have to actually fight, because you and and some people, some helpful people, will say, "Oh, let them fight it out and they'll sort it out." Don't do that.
7: No, we don't.
3: They will. They will remember that, and they will always the the escalation from the just in the bedroom at night will go to all through the day. So if I if I can, if you can just um, watch very closely what's happening between them through the day. So watch where they're looking at, and and even though I go to people's places and spend two or three hours with them watching the animal and the people all the time, and I take pictures of, of what's happening. Sometimes I look at the picture later and I go, woo, I missed that snarl that one was doing to another one. And, and you have this, this snapshot of what was actually going on. And, and you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be really good at this and trained and, and experienced, but I still miss it. So yeah. in, instead of watching telly, watch how they're behaving to each other, which way their backsides are.
7: Yeah.
3: And, and all that sort of thing and how they, they talk to you and how they, um, yeah, manipulate each other on who gets the attention and when. Yeah. Well,
7: the white one is the boss. Um, for most of the time, um, the silky, she turns out to be boss, you know, for the rest of the time.
3: It's very fascinating. So it's much better than watching telly, you know, just watching the interactions and things. But of course, like any parenting role, we're interrupting problem behavior before it escalates. So with barking, you interrupt early and say, no, that's enough, come and tell me what's going on. Or you go and look at the window and say, no, that's just so-and-so next door. That's fine, come back in here and rest, please. Okay, thank you very much. Okay. Thanks. bye. Bye. Thank you,
1: Deanne, and 49216216 if you'd like to give us a call for Pet Chat. It's 9 to 1.
2: What I did want to mention about uh, the caller we had before, if we're getting a puppy and we introduce them to sleeping in the bed with us, I guess we need to be aware, Dr. Bob, you'd agree with this, that it may be a habit that will be hard to change later on if we decide to change that, that habit and it's not okay to sleep in the bed. It's something
3: that I guess lots of um, people certainly ask me about and from my point of view, if you can, it's far better to get the animal, and it's really the same as children, mm. that you get them used to being in their cot. Um, some people prefer them to be in the bed. I can't sleep when, <laughs> when the baby was in the bed. I'd roll and toss and think, oh, I'm not going to... Uh. And so it's far better for the, for the pet to be in its pet bed either on the floor in the bedroom, preferably in a different room, mm. and so that it gets to have its own space. Yeah. Um, With cats, it's very important that they are either confined to the laundry or or a room at night Mm -hmm. because otherwise they will come and disturb you all through the night. Why? Because they're nocturnal. They love to be roaming around at that time. What message
1: does that send to the dog as per the pecking order in the house if it's allowed to sleep on the the
3: master's bed? It's not so much pecking order, but it is about leadership. So as I was trying to say to Diana, it's just that the, the more we let them have a little bit, they will take a mile. And so it's really important that we set leadership through the day, like just walking or with cats, grooming, and the cat that we had before that was unable to be groomed. So a very low touch tolerance threshold. So it means that you have to do it slowly. And and cats are like a a two-stroke principle, which is head to shoulders to rump to tail, and you do that twice, and then you just watch and see if it wants to come back for more pats or strokes, it will. If it doesn't,
2: (laughs) it, it twitches and walks away. That's I fun. I have a rule at home with my six wymeranas not to come Hang on. six <laughs> two two How do company three in the, the bed and six of them in there <laughs> What's going on? King's Eyes bed <laughs> bit of an issue no 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 they don't go into the, in the bed but I stop them from going onto the back porch because yes. I've got window doors and there's nothing worse than having fifty four you yeah. know Get uh, the Windex uh, out <laughs> fifty four <laughs> nose marks all over all those windows but every they love day. It. <laughs>
3: And, and that's the thing. Again, just small boundaries like that. So you're allowed in the family room, but no, this is the line in the lino. Mm. You're not allowed to walk into the kitchen.
2: And they do understand. With a bit of training, Easily. they know. Yeah. Same, same here. I've got tiles and carpet. They're not allowed on the carpet, but yes, on the tiles is fine inside the house. Easy done. David, yes. I've got some interesting news for you, by the way. You know how you love ferrets? I do. I well, well, if you lived in California, California yes, and owned a ferret you would be committing a crime. What? Yeah. Why? Ferrets are outlawed in California. They're not allowed. Isn't harsh? that What's Yes, the... it is. What's wrong with the ferrets? Apparently, every other state in the US has allowed ferrets, yeah. but California still doesn't. And any ferret owner in California, which apparently there is a lot of, it's all underground. (laughs) Underground, (laughs) underground, we like to send them under the ground. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, but they are fighting to get the law changed. So, isn't that interesting?
1: Well, apparently, something's got to be done about that. Something's got
2: to be done. Yes. Apparently, it's to do with the wildlife. They're scared that if they run free, that they will uh, harm a lot of native wildlife. I don't
1: like that. I don't like that. Hello, June. How are you?
4: Uh, Not too bad. How are you? Uh,
1: What do you like to talk to Doctor Bob about?
4: uh, uh, Look, um, I just want to make an inquiry, please. Uh, I know I've got a little Maltese dog, Hmm. and uh, on his gums this morning, uh, I've noticed some little pink spots uh, on the bottom gum. How, How can you tell whether it's gum disease or not?
3: Partly with the teeth, instead of looking nice and pearly white, um, there will be either a bit of brown, it's called tartar, so it's accumulation of saliva and food and bacteria, and that starts to set up like a, a brown gunk.
4: Um, and so then it, there should be a bit of brown stuff,
3: is there? No, it shouldn't be, but um, and then on the gums underneath, once that gunk starts to build up on the tooth, it pushes the gum out, it gets very swollen and more crimson, Or red and inflamed. Yeah, it it
4: is crimson.
3: Sometimes, though, you can actually, if they've just been eating a bone or a rawhide chew, if you look at their gums and mouth after they've done that, there will actually be little bleeding spots, which are just a result of them trying to chew through a bone, which um, is pretty amazing that they do that. But their, their gum just heals so quickly. So, how old is your dog?
4: Uh, he'll be six this year, yep. but I do do uh, give him aquadent in his water.
3: Good aquadent is and, uh, great. I do
4: give him uh, dental bones. So I don't give him much uh, junk food.
3: Good, and that will help to keep his teeth nice and healthy. His breath doesn't smell bad. No, no, no. it
4: uh, doesn't smell uh, when I pick him
3: up. Good, yeah, you would certainly notice if it was there. So um, I would just keep up with those things, helping to keep the teeth clean with the um, disinfectant, the, the antibacterial uh, wash and the dental bones to keep it nice and, and healthy. And um, if you're worried, then down to your regular vet to check there's no nothing, nothing unpleasant there. Good luck with that, June. And Christine joins us from Vasey. Quick call. Hello, Christine.
4: Oh, how are you? What
3: would you like to talk to
1: Dr. Bob about?
4: Uh, I was wanting to talk to Dr. Bob. Is, is it uh, advisable? for people to keep a first aid kit specific for their cats and dogs at home?
3: It's a good idea because you never know when something's going to happen, the same as out on a walk, so in your bum bag or uh, backpack or whatever, just, yeah, some some basic sort of first aid things, bandage and scissors and disinfectant and swabs and things, just so that you've got that handy. It's a very good idea. Um, but you've got to be careful that when you're putting things on cats that the cat is usually going to try and get it off and will actually lick it up and then cause problems with its mouse and mouth. And often we get cats coming in that have ulcers on their tongue because they've, they've walked along the freshly washed floor and then they lick it off their paws and it actually is caustic towards their, their mouth and so they get very, very sore from that. So. Mm. Particular purpose that you're having a first aid kit? Are there snakes about or something? Or
4: Oh, mostly for bites and stings and if they've got yes. a runny eye and things yep. like that.
3: Yeah, that's good. And just um, with runny eyes, it's just so important, especially with the long-haired animals we've, we've had this morning um, on air, is, is just warm water. Just flush the eyes out and exactly the same as you do with a, a toxic injury to an eye, um, OH&S, it's flushing it out with as much water as you can. And that cleans it up and then pat dry, and then you can see if there's any um, unpleasant damage that's there. Good idea, Christine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. Now, oh, that's nearly our pet chat for today. Gee, that's gone
1: quick that hour. Very Thank you interesting. Very much. Are you back with us next week, Dr Bob? I can't remember. Can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I, I will David be. Tabaret. You yeah. will be, Denny. Dr. I, David's back next week. I think so. Sure. Yes. 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 I was just yes. it always me. great having you. Here. But thank I'll you be here. When are you going to come one day and stay with us and we'll have the two vets, you and, and Dr. Oh, David? that'll be just too exciting for the so too people. Much. Yeah, you know, too much we, for yeah, everybody. We, that's right. Well, have a lovely week. Have a good time. We'll look forward to seeing you again soon. And you behave yourself, Dave. I, well, I always do. <laughs> Denny, thank you very much. Thank you, Dave. Yes, i back again next Wednesday with Pet Chat here at 2NURFM and taking your calls. We'll be doing that next Wednesday after the news at day.